Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. Hear now the word of the Lord. The men of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad, and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says. I have healed this water. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained wholesome to this day, according to the word Elisha had spoken. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verses 22 through 25. Hear now the word of the Lord. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. So we've been talking for the past several weeks about the practices and routines, the disciplines and habits that we can maintain as Christians, as we, that we can maintain in our lives of faith so that we can best experience the renewing power of Jesus Christ. After all, we say that we worship a God who's making all things new, and that includes each of us. It includes you and me. And we've talked about things that if you've been in church or been around church at any point in your life, you've probably heard before things like uh, how it's important and good for us to be in prayer, how it's good for us to spend time in fellowship in Christian community, how it's good for us to come together regularly to worship as one body. But one thing in particular, when you look back through Christian history, stands out from the rest. And that thing is Holy Communion. It's the Lord's Supper, or as it's called uh, in, in Greek, the Eucharist, which sounds fancy because it is in Greek, but really just means good meal. And it is a good meal. It's a meal that's been at the heart of Christian worship since the very beginning, since Jesus told the disciples, not yet apostles, Take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. It's something uh, that great theologians, some of the most important Christian thinkers and workers throughout history, have seen as being the most important part of their spiritual lives. And many of them tried to receive the Eucharist as often as they could, oftentimes even taking it daily. But in the modern day, we've relegated this to something that happens just on occasion. Here we do it every month, and we come together to the Lord's table to celebrate, but it's not uncommon to find churches where communion is something that happens once a quarter or once a year, or in some churches, just about never. But my question is, if this is something that's just occasional, if 
we think of this as being a purely symbolic practice that only has power so far as it can lead us to reflect on our faith, then why is it that so consistently through the ages, Christians have come back to the table as being one of the most important parts of their faith lives? Why place so much emphasis on something so menial? Where's the potency in the practice? And why would we call it a sacrament, a sacred moment, if it was just symbolic? And if you think that too, then I have to ask the question, what is the point? If that's all that it is, why do we even bother? Well, there's a few different ways that we can look at this and a few different ways that we can see the importance of Holy Communion. The first one comes from its name of the Eucharist, the good meal. Because at the end of the day, it really is a good meal that we gather around. You know, growing up, my family had busy schedules. We all had our own things going on. My mom uh, would oftentimes in the afternoons go to the gym. My dad had projects or work that he would be doing. I had tennis practice every day. My sister had band practice. We were just scattered to the winds. But for my entire childhood, the entire time that I lived at home, we made it a point to almost every single night, every week, gather together around the family table, come together to share our dinner to talk about our days, our experiences, what was going on. And this was an amazing blessing because this not only kept us from drifting apart, it actually helped us to come closer together. And yes, even though this did oftentimes mean that we would not be eating until about 8.30 at night, it was still something that I considered to be a, a blessing because I got to be with my family. That is something that I would certainly call a good meal. In a lot of ways, as we come together to celebrate Holy Communion, we're celebrating a good meal in that exact same manner. It's like a family dinner that spans not just our church, not just the people who on this Sunday are gathered, but that spans through that great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us. It's something that draws the church together across ages and nations, across languages, throughout time, and all around the world. We gather around one table to celebrate what God has done, to celebrate the work of Jesus Christ. And more than just coming together with each other, we're coming together to feast with Jesus, we gather around our faith in Christ, that central thing that creates the church. And in that, in that good meal, we find fellowship and unity with one another. We find a meal that sustains and renews our spirits just as a dinner table with family sustains our bodies and at the Lord's table, when we come together, we receive special and unique way 
and a particular, sorry, special and unique grace in a particular and holy way. Because this is more than just gathering together around a, a, a meal that unites us. This is something deeper and more transformative. When we talk about renewal, we're talking about transformation. We're talking about meaningful change. And in Holy Communion, we have a meal that shows us just how powerful Christ is to bring transformation. You know, when you look back at our scripture, at this passage from Mark or any of the other gospel accounts of the Last Supper, what you find is that they were celebrating a Passover Seder. And in Judaism, uh, Passover was a celebration in which they remembered the time in which God led them through the desert. And part of this celebration was eating unleavened bread and sharing these cups of wine that were parts of the covenant that God had made with his people. But the bread and wine were selected precisely because they were normal. Unleavened bread was important because when they were wandering in the desert, they didn't have time to let their bread rise. They made it as they needed it and ate it immediately. And as they wandered in the desert, they kept wine simply because it was safer than most of the water they encountered and it was something that wouldn't spoil as they went. These were elements that were chosen because of scarcity, because there was nothing else, not because they were special, but because they weren't. And yet Christ took these boring, basic, commonplace things, this unleavened bread and wine, and said, this is my body, this is my blood, Friends, if he could take bread and wine and make them into vehicles for grace that spans the ages, that brings the church together and has brought it together for 2,000 years now and will continue to bring us together into the future, imagine what he can do with us. If you feel worthless or small or insignificant or common, just remember that Jesus makes simple things extraordinary, and then uses them to do powerful work. He took fishermen and thieves and a murderer and made them apostles. And then he used them to build the church that we are still a part of now. So no matter how simple you might feel, or unworthy or unimportant, or insignificant, or incapable. Hear this. It's part of the good news. Jesus is calling you to do great work. Jesus can and will use us, no matter how common, to do amazing things in the world. We have this bread and juice, the same as always. It was bought at a store and came in a package. But at the Lord's altar table, they become so much more than just that. Yes, we gather and remember Christ as he tells us, do this in remembrance of me as often as you eat it, as often as you drink it. 
But it's so much more than just a memorial. Yes, it's a sign of the grace by which Christ nourishes our souls. We call it an outward and visible sign of an inward and invisible grace, but it's so much more than just a sign of something else. When we come to the altar table, we're not coming just for a memorial or a sign. We come in the same way that the apostles John and Peter went when they ran to the tomb after hearing that Christ was not there. They ran to the tomb hoping to find him alive and victorious by doing so. So how is Christ present here? It's hard to say. Our tradition calls it a holy mystery. But by Jesus' words, this is my body. By the strength of Scripture, not just at this one point, but throughout the entire book, and by the faith that's been passed down to us through the generations, I feel comfortable and confident in saying that the body and blood of Jesus have a true and real presence when we gather around his table. When we gather in the church, when we come to the Lord's table, we do so to find refuge and peace, hope and comfort. The week that came before and the week that will come after this morning are full of demands, exhaustions, and endless tasks that will consume you if you're not careful and might even if you are. But in a world that just takes and takes and takes, Christ gives us more than we need and more than we can imagine. We come here today to this table and receive true food as we hear Christ say, this is my body. We, see, we receive living water as he says, this is my blood. Through these common things made extraordinary in Christ, we, common people as we are, become servants of the most extraordinary King of Kings. So let us hear together the invitation, friends, to come to the table, to take and to eat. Amen.